there, Batwoman fans. We're coming at you for another episode of our podcast, Season Zero, uh, talking about everything behind the scenes and everything going on with Batwoman and the history behind her uh, before we get started with the show. Um, I'm your host, Rachel Eiley, and I'm here with... Mimi. Hey. Uh, Jess wasn't able to join us for this episode, but she should be back next time. Um, so we've had a lot of news coming in, lots of castings about supporting characters and family members and villains. Um, so what have you uh, thought about all that that's been happening so far, Mimi? I like a lot of the people that they've cast so far, and I'm very intrigued to see how they're all play out and if all of these characters will be who they currently are named, to say the least. Yeah, it's, it's always interesting to see how comic book characters kind of, uh, get changed uh, on the CW versions. Um, you know, I, I love many of the CW versions of characters, but uh, it's, it's interesting to see what the what they do. Uh, so um, I think we're, we're going to get into talking about casting, and then um, we will talk about some comics history. Um, Mimi, do you want to get start off uh, talking about the casting of our main villain? Yes, I'm going to butcher her last name, but Rachel Scarston. I know her from Lost Girl, and I know she's also in... Rain that I never finished, but I love her. She's currently going to be playing a woman by the name of Alice, who is going to be very, very interesting, depending on how close they go to the comic that we've both read with her in it. Yeah, for sure. And I think she's going to, I, I love Rachel as an actress, and I'm, now that I've read her character, or at least how it seems to be a character is going to be, I'm very excited to see her play that, and I look forward to seeing her and her heroes interact on screen, because I know both of them can fight pretty well, and since this is a vigilante show, you know blows are going to go, and people are going to fight. <laughs> and I think they're also similar in height. Now, I'm, like, I'm kind of thinking about it more in a different way, and I think it'll be very fun to see fight each other. Awesome. Yeah, I'm super picky about fight combat. Um coming from a theater background with that. Uh, the CW does pretty well, uh, generally. So that would be uh, good to see, definitely. Um, do you, can you tell us a little bit more about Rachel Scarston's background? Yeah, she's a Canadian. She's apparently, I didn't know this, and now I really go watch it, but apparently she was Dino Lance on Birds of Prey. Yes, um, I did hear that. A long time ago, and I now like really need yeah, um, I, I've been I've been told that I need to watch it as well. I'll do the same. <laughs> um, yeah, so I guess we should totally do that. I did not know that, and kind of more excited to see her again on my screen because, like, she was very interesting in Lost Girl. She was Tamsin. She was a Valkyrie. It was really cool. So, so basically, she was just like avenging. Well, she's a Valkyrie, you've seen for Ragnarok, so Valkyrie. Yes. But like, it was just really cool. Uh, Lost Girl had its ups and downs. Um, but their special effects team were very similar to Grimm at the time from, like, NBC, so their makeup was really cool. So she had to deal with a lot of prosthetics, so I feel like she'll do just that woman. But she's really cool and, like, tall. She's, like, 5'10", according to my double Google search here, and she's 33, so she's cool. And, like, most of the people on the CW are Canadian. <laughs> All right. Well, we love our Canadians for sure. Um, I think I'm going to talk about uh, the casting of Sophie Moore now. Um, so Sophie Moore was cast as Megan Tandy. 
Uh, you might know her as Brayden on Teen Wolf. She was also Allison Pierce on Survivor's Remorse, and she's recurred on CW's Charmed, um, the new series, if you've been watching that this year. Um, she's on Charmed? Oh, God. Yeah, appar- <laughs> apparently. <laughs> I love Megan, though. Okay, go on. <laughs> so uh, the character, for her comics background, at least, you know, they might change this however they like, but her comics background, uh, she's a former roommate and girlfriend of Kate Kane. They were dating uh in the military when kate got outed um and thanks to the don't ask don't tell policy that was in the case she had to resign and leave the military Lucy chose to hide her sexual orientation um and continue in the military and she became a colonel in charge of a military college close to gotham city so that's how they've been uh having some interactions um the character skills include acrobatics and martial arts um, she first appeared in Detective Comics number 859 in January 2010. Um, the show's description of her character so far has said Tandy would play Sophie Moore. After graduating from Military Academy, Sophie rose to the ranks to become a high-level private security agent and one of Gotham's staunchest protectors. Despite her bite and regimented outlook, Sophie has a soft side, illuminated by Kate Kane's return. Um, on Instagram, Megan Tandy had posted about the casting, um, just writing gratitude on gratitude. So, seems like she's excited and uh, that should be uh, should be good. Uh, interested to see what they will do with um, Kate's love interests and former love interests. Uh, we can get into that more about the comics later. All right, I'm going to go about our boy Luke Fox being played by Cam- Cameras Johnson. Uh, unlike, unlike Rachel, I'm going to be proper and Risa. I'm not, I'm like, not you, you, Rachel. Unlike my stupid up, Rachel. No worries. I'm Scarston. I'm going to be discussing uh, the more proper version of how he's described. He's pretty cool. I do like um, Luke Fox as a whole character from what I read bits and pieces. And I know he was also in the uh, Catwoman novel by, um, oh god, uh, Sarah Jane Ass. Side note, that is a cool character. Anyway, <laughs> Luke. Johnson is going to be playing Luke Fox, a Dark Knight loyalist and son, according to the CW description, a Dark Knight loyalist and son of Wayne's R&D director, Lucius Fox. Luke works to keep Wayne Tower secure in his boss's absence. While Luke considers himself the guardian of all things Batman, specifically his symbol, he also recognizes the city's need for a new hero. Uh, going off of that blurb, I'm very entertained and look forward to seeing how exactly Luke and Kate are going to be interacting on screen. Yeah, sounds very interesting. Just because from what, just because from what we just saw of her in the crossover uh, a couple months ago, it seems like she's not going to take his pot. In my opinion, from what I've read, it sounds like he's going to be a little bit of a little shit in a fun way, yeah. and Kate's yeah, going to probably enjoy taking down a few pegs. Yeah, give or take. Just oh, oh yes, there that they're going to probably play on that I would a imagine. lot, knowing CW or at least at least in the pilot probably the first three episodes just a guess there but in the comics he's really freaking smart he graduated from MIT degrees in engineering and business management and really just wanted to work in his father's company Wayne Enterprises he also took up MMA and cage fighting hoping to gain Batman's attention and have Batman recruit him which his dad obviously didn't freaking like at all but (laughs) he was successful in this and soon became which I knew because of the comic. It was cute. They're apparently really wealthy because they're Lucius Fox. Like, they're the Fox family, so duh. Yes. <laughs> and he... I didn't know this part because I my main knowledge of him is from the young adult novel. But apparently he was also with Babs and did not know about that. Mixed feels. But, you know, I guess <laughs> Babs 
also gets around with all the other alter egos. And apparently he likes torrenting movies. Uh, yeah. Yeah, everyone's got uh, feelings on Babs' love interests. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Uh, so that sounds like he's going to be a really interesting character. Um, I think I, he posted a photo um, of himself and Nicole Kang last week uh, with the caption, I have this weird feeling that we're really going to like Canada. So sounds like uh, things are going well for him um, and them on set there. All right. Um, I'm going to talk about our our third uh, character that was announced in that. Uh, those those three are <laughs> uh, announced, uh, which is Mary Hamilton, who is actually... Um, at this point, appearing to be an original character, um, to some extent, at least. So <laughs> that'll be nice. Um, so this is the actress is Nicole Kang playing Mary Hamilton. Um, Nicole Kang was Lynn Leiser in You, um, the I think the Netflix series that just came out. Um, she's in upcoming episodes of Orange is the New Black and Code. Um, other than that, she appears to be a fairly new actress. Um, when she the casting news broke, she posted on her Instagram how cool it'll be to give some Asian child a superhero that might be able to see themselves in slash dress up as. All that stuff makes me sit down and say thank you. I'm floored by this, honored by this, ready for this. Let's go. Um, so Mary Hamilton is Kate's stepsister. Um, she does not exist in the comics. Um, according to the description, she's upbeat, talkative personality, which makes the two polar opposites in just about every way. Um, however, while Mary isn't nearly as straight-laced as Kate, she is still defined by her compassion for Gotham's disadvantaged citizens, making her more like Kate than she realized. Um, so when I was doing the research for this, um, and I was, you know, I was looking at the different characters, and I noticed um, one of the other characters in Kate Kane's life um, that we haven't seen any um, announcement about is her cousin, uh, Bette Kane. Um, and while I was researching, I noticed that her cousin's full name is actually Mary Elizabeth um, Kane. So I thought, hmm, you know, maybe they might um, be pulling there. So uh, I, I talked with uh, some of our other friends of the, the um, DCTV podcast network, um, and we actually put an article up about this on the Batwoman podcast site. Um, a week or two, I believe. Um, a little primer on Bet. Uh, her comics history, she is a champion tem tennis player, beauty pageant winner, and Olympic gymnast and swimmer. Uh, she initially suits up because she has a crush on Robin um, and was trying to get his attention. Oh. That's cute. Um, she joined the Titans for some missions and she became really good friends with Beast Boy. Um, and then we will hear more about her in the comics section. Um, so... The Mary Hamilton doesn't exist in the comics. Um, however, her stepmother does, which we're going to talk about in a minute. Um, uh, and her stepmother is Caucasian in the comics. Um, Nicole is Korean. So uh, <laughs> they're obviously doing some race bending there, which uh, can be cool. Um, and we can talk about that a little bit more when I get to uh, her mother. Uh, Mimi, you have one more for us? Kate's dad, Jacob, not John. Jacob. Jacob Kane is being played by Doug Gray Scott from Snatch and Hemlock Grove, which I never finished, but I did kind of watch Hemlock Grove at some point in my life. <laughs> He's okay. So the description of him for the description for Doug Gray Scott as playing Jacob Kane sounds very entertaining to me, and I literally just had it up, and then my phone decided to go away. But the TV show version of Jacob Kane is he's trying to be a 
it sounds kind of like they're going to make him like the James Gordon of it, but the military style. He wants to make Gotham better and not be dealing with vigilantes and obviously is not going to be a big fan of the fact that his daughter is a vigilante. So that's going to be amusing. The description of him basically is the angrier Gordon equivalent if Gordon was in the military. (laughs) (laughs) At least that's my vibe when I reread it. I'm like, oh, cool. So you're making Jacob very angrier than he is from what I've read so far and believes he can fix Gotham better than Kate, I guess, in this case. Yes, um, probably. It sounds like a dad, um, especially military one. All right, our last uh, announcement then is for it's the most recent one for Catherine Hamilton Kane, uh, who is going to be played by Elizabeth Ann Weiss. Um, she's been cast as Cat Kane's step, step. Wow, sorry, words. Sorry, Kate Kane's stepmother, um, Catherine Hamilton Kane. So. R.K. Kane's full name is actually also Catherine, but she's with a K and her stepmother's with a C. If that helps anybody, I think we're just going to refer to our Kate as Kate all the time. But if anyone was confused, um, there's that. Uh, so, yes, mother of Kate's stepsister, Mary Hamilton, we talk, just talked about. Um, her CW description is that Catherine made her fortune as a savvy, bullheaded defense contractor. And all these billions position her as one of Gotham's most powerful residents. For Catherine, it's a matter of the bottom line. Batwoman is bad for business. Um, Elizabeth Anweiss started her career as a runway model, um, and she's been on the show 911, uh, which I've watched. I'm not entirely sure who she was, honestly, um, but I like the show. So, <laughs> um, She's also been on Twin Peaks, The Return, The Affair, and NCIS Los Angeles. Um, Catherine, as the character, was created by Greg Rucka, who in first appeared in... 52 number seven in August 2006. Um, in their comics, the, her wealth is often used as the reason Kate can afford to uh, kind of live it up as a socialite um, and that most do- people don't take her seriously, um, which is kind of like, you know, Bruce Wayne's public image um, uh, in a similar way. Um, in some iterations, Catherine is an heiress and she's inherited all her wealth, uh, but based on the character description, it looks like the show is going to be going with the story that she's a businesswoman who earned her wealth on her own and is not to be trifled with, though that would doubtfully stop Kate from trying. Um, so when they did cast her, um, I, I was interested to see if they were um, keeping with being Korean because Nicole is Korean. Um, so I searched the entire internet um, for information on her race and I found that TV.com says that she's Korean, but I was not able to find any confirmation of that um, elsewhere. However, um, I did find some other interesting information, um, mainly that her original uh, name before she she uh, changed it to Elizabeth Ann Weiss was Elizabeth Weissbaum, um, which is a very Jewish last name in, you know, in my experience. Um, so it would be, I thought it would be really, um, I don't know if funny is the right word, but I guess ironic. Um, if they cast the one character um, who was not supposed to be Jewish in the comics as an actual Jewish woman. But, um, ah, so, you know, that's, that's fun. <laughs> fun little also things to find out. Surprised. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. So I think that's all of our casting news. Um, and we're going to get into some of the comics um, on her. So those of you who have a DC universe subscription, there's about 30 comic books, um, 30 comic issues on DC Universe that you could read about Batwoman. Um, beyond that, there is many more on Comixology. Um, 
Comixology now has like a subscription service for like six months a month. You can read like as much as you want, which is a really good deal. So if you want to hit those out, um, that it would be the place to be. Uh, Mimi, do you want to tell us about the comics you've been reading? Yes. So I'm currently using Comicology as well as what I can get a hold of at my comic shop, Forbidden Planet in the city. So I just finished up the Batwoman by Greg Ruka and Jake Williams tree. It apparently just came out in 2017, but apparently we both read the exact same trade, just in different versions, because Comicology and DC Universe here. So yeah. what I read was collected numbers 854 through 863. So it had the Alice arc and well, called Eulogy, and this other storyline, and this one had uh, the story about Cutter, which... I'm very intrigued to see if they'll actually use Cutter as a villain at some point in the show now mm-hmm. that I know about him, because that could be and could be a good, like, mid-season or season fan. I don't know. Like, it could be interesting if it's going to be that. Nevertheless, um, in this little blurb from the back of the book before I discuss what I read properly, determined to continue serving others after her military career was cut. Cut short by bigotry, Kate Kane has taken up, has taken up the identity uh, of Batwoman, leading a one-woman war on Gotham City's evil underbelly. And at the heart of her investigation is the religion of crime, a criminal cult led by a madwoman known only as Alice. Speaking in riddles and storybook rhymes, the Lewis Carroll-inspired Alice aims to transform Gotham into her own twisted wonderland. But is everything Alice says truly mad? Underneath her deranged theatrics, she may hold the key to understanding Batwoman's past. I liked it a lot more than I thought I would. I liked the art so much. I feel like I've seen stuff with J.H. Williams before and and just not really aware of it. So now I'm going to go on a rabbit hole for that later. Um, In hindsight, I now realize art is by Scott Collins, written by Greg Rucker, J.H. Williams, and someone by the name of Jock. (laughs) Nice. I'm just like, I'm very satisfied. Some of the dialogue was a bit... Cheesy from here to bit here, here and there. But in the comics defense, I've been reading a lot of Wonder Woman comics right now by G.H. Willow uh, Wilson. So I'm like, I'm very hyped in a different way. Yeah. But this was really enjoyable. The art, I thought, was really, really pretty. And, and I think it did a good job at showing Kate, or at least a version of Kate, since Kate's in a lot of stuff. Yes. <laughs> All right. Um... So I was reading, I don't have the numbers in front of me, um, but I was reading some of the detective de- words, I'm sorry, detective comics um, that were on DC Universe um, that basically just talk about Kate's origin um, and her story growing up. Um, like we said, she has a military background, uh, so she was growing up on army bases with her uh, twin sister, Beth, um, and then they were 12. They got kidnapped with her mom um, by terrorists. Uh, the mom had died and sister was thought dead, uh, quote unquote, you know, people are thought dead in comics, how that works. Um, and it would be decades before Kate learned more about uh, what happened there. Um, apparently there was some involvement by an organization called the Religion of Crime um, in order to capture the twice named daughter of Cain, um, which their holy texts prophesied and they believed to be the Cain twins. Um which is odd, but okay. Um, in the current storyline, um, Batman is absent after Final Crisis, so Kate has been playing a greater role in defending Gotham City. Uh, she has an estranged relationship with her father, who initially doesn't want her to be a vigilante. Um, Kate is finding a purpose in serving beyond um, having to leave the military. Um, she got some very elite training around the world, um, 
um, after that, and once he was, uh, when she was uh, a bit more qualified, her father got on board and said um, that he would help out. Um, fun facts, um, her bat and red, well, words, wow, I'm really bad at this today. I'm sorry. Okay. Her black and red totally outfit, okay. um, they are, she chose those colors because they are the Hebrew colors of war. Um, and she pins a bat symbol to her chest so everyone knows what side she's on, basically. Um, and yes, then she runs into Alice, uh, who tries to figure out who she is. Um, and she has her suspicions. So she's uh, looking into that. Um, all right. And the other comics that are on um, DC Universe that I'm reading is the New 52 self-titled series from 2011. Um, they have the first 11 issues on there. It is not a full story arc, um, which is annoying. Um, I mean, I can't spoil this for you because I don't know how it ends actually. So, um, but we get a, a pretty good, um, a pretty good beginning of, uh, what this story arc is. Um, so at this point, Batman is in, um, Gotham City, but he's not, um, they're not necessarily working together. They're kind of doing their own thing. Um, the story, it's, it's based around a Latino urban legend of the weeping woman. Um, it's based on an alcoholic mother named Maria Slavaje, whose children drowned in a boathouse um, due to her neglect, and she later drowned herself as a result of the guilt. Um, she had, I guess, in, in the afterlife, um, she'd been manipulated into becoming a kidnapper by something or someone called Medusa. Um, there was, it's a organization that's not uh, specifically talked about. Um, one interesting part about this, um, this storyline that we can talk about is that Kate is dating our good friend, Maggie Sawyer. Um, but not the Maggie Sawyer that, uh, our Arrowverse friends have uh, come to know. Um, so there's the, the possibility that she might be showing up on her show. Mimi, what, what do you think? What would you, uh, like to see if Maggie Sawyer came? And how do you think um, they would do it? Okay, so like reading it, yay, that'd be great. <laughs> but do you choose how Supergirl played out Maggie and she was great? I don't want to deal with the shipper chaos that would be Maggie on Batwoman. I'd rather them do Renee or make it Sophie. Like I feel like they'll hopefully be substituting Sophie more for that. Like I, mm -hmm. for the sake of ship stuff, I'd rather they do the Sophie plot, like the Renee stuff via Sophie. Yes, I um, like, I, I could totally like give her more baggage. I don't mind. I love Megan Tandy. She could handle it. It'd be great. Maggie was great for Supergirl. Of course, I'd like to see her pop up again at some point, but probably not in Batwoman just for the sheer sake. Like mention her. Sure. I'm all for mentioning and be like, oh, yeah, I was with Maggie one time. Like, that's a cool little name job. It would still cause chaos, but I'd much rather have it be an offhanded mention. Yes, then um, just, uh... definitely. I, I, I very much agree with you. Um not knocking Sandra shippers at all, but uh, things can get heated um, in such discussions. Uh, and there was a lot of conflict around, um, uh, what's her face? Uh, sorry, Floriana's casting um, as Maggie Sawyer. Um, the Maggie Sawyer we meet in the comics is completely white. She's uh, blonde hair and blue eyes. So um, if they did cast her on Batwoman, it would be interesting to see if they stuck with a white version or if they stuck with their kind of uh, Latino version, but maybe actually cast a woman of color this time. Um, that would be great. Yeah. So uh, we'll, we'll see where that goes. Um, 
But it, back to the comics. Um, she's dating Maggie Sawyer, um, and she's kind of living a double life because Maggie is investigating the same case that she's working on. Um, so that she's very much trying to like, you know, uh, run away, not have Maggie see her and, um, just, you know, make sure that, uh, she's, she's trying to get all the information she can without, um, leading Maggie on to any, um, idea that she might be that woman. Um, so, uh, yes. And then we get to talk about her cousin, Bet. Um, she'd been working with Kate as a vigilante flame bird. Um, Kate had tried to get Bet to stop because she doesn't, um, she didn't want her to get hurt. Um, Bet did not stop and she ended up getting hurt as these things happen. Um, that's, that's how it goes. Yeah. <laughs> For most of the first 11 issues, um, Bet is unconscious in a hospital bed. Um, with Kate's father, Jacob Kane, um, Bet's uncle, hosting a vigil at her bedside. Um, he feels like he failed her. Uh, he ends up putting one of the uh, uh, later uh, issues, he ends up putting a superhero mask on her, um, and that wakes her up from her coma. You know, how those things happen. <laughs> yes. Um, the power of superhero masks. <laughs> yes. We also, uh, we get a brief interaction with uh, stepmom Catherine in uh, this story arc. Um, basically, they're showing, Catherine is talking to some of her uh, ritzy friends, um, and they're discussing the ring that uh, Kate's father uh, gave her. And she was like, oh, well, you know, it's not the, fan the fanciest thing in the world, but it means a lot to him. And Kate just, like, walks by, and she's like, it's good enough for my mother. <laughs> just like, so I think that kind of sums up their relationship a little bit. Yeah, um, I like, I honestly, I like that line. I like how they looked in that scene. But sorry, go on. Yeah, no, I, uh, I appreciated that, uh, that scene. I think it gives us some, a solid preview of what's to come. Um, the other thing that some viewers might recognize in this um, storyline is the DEO shows up. Um, so we're having a little more overlap with Supergirl here. Um, our friends at Supergirl Radio are very fond of um, the character Director Bones in the comic books, uh, who is the director of the DEO and is literally just a cigar-smoking skeleton. You know. Yes. <laughs> As that goes. Um, so the DEO shows up. He basically shows up with one another agent in Kate's kitchen um, and forces Kate to have to work with them, or he threatens um, to have... Jacob, her dad, court-martialed for stealing military hardware and funding a vigilante. Um, so she kind of gets pulled into that. Um, he tries her, him and Agent Chase of the DEO, they try to control her on missions. Um, Kate's not a fan of that, and she doesn't listen very well. Um, so there's a lot of con uh, conflict going on there. Um, and yeah, uh, that's about as far as I got in the story arc, because then there were no more comic books. Um, so... <laughs> I'm going to keep up with that and see how that one ends up, and I'll try to keep you guys updated. Um, yeah, I think that is all the stuff we had prepared for now. Mimi, did you have anything else you want to add? Yeah, um, I really, because discussing the comic, when we think of Jacob and Kate's relationship in the comic, mm -hmm. I kind of really liked, uh, since I'm used to other, I'm used to some of the newer versions of Kate and Jacob's interactions in the previous run in 2017 and like when he popped up in the other like Batman detective comics where he was just a different type of asshole but like as you mentioned military dad they gotta do their shit yes. I liked that he was helping her begrudgingly be a hero 
in the comic from what I read. And I just thought that was really cute that he helped her get the suit and, like, made sure she got the right equipment. And I just appreciate that when she was saying how this was her only way to serve, mm-hmm. it just, like, made him get, like, proud dad moment and was like, I'm going to help my girl. But he didn't say it quite like that, but I, I read yeah. that as a, I'm going to help my girl, not fuck up. <laughs> Basically, um, and like, I'm kind of sad because it seems like we're not going to get that, or at least not obviously in season. Probably not. I mean, hey, we we'll see how he um he evolves. You know, maybe we'll get uh somewhat of a Quentin Lance uh type relationship. Uh, though Quentin kind of sprung back and forth between the seasons, how much he approved of uh, vigilantism. <laughs> um, all right, I think that is about all the information. Will. Okay, so <laughs> we will be more organized in other episodes, I promise. <laughs> All right, we're back. Sorry, folks, Mimi had to go, so I'm just going to finish this up here. Uh, you can go to batwomanpodcast.com for all your latest news and details about the Batwoman show, as well as the latest episodes of this podcast. You can like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash batwomanpodcast, and follow us on Twitter at batwomanpodcast um, if you'd like to follow your hosts individually. Uh, you can follow Rachel at VDA Canary um, on Twitter and Tumblr, uh, Mimi at Morganstein17 on Twitter, um, and Jess is Pliny's, P-L-I-N-Y-S. Um, you can subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, and Google Play. Uh, while being on Apple Podcasts, you're sure to hit us up with some five-star reviews if you've enjoyed our episode now and as it helps our get our podcast get higher up on Apple Podcasts for new listeners to find. Batwoman Podcast is part of the DCTV Podcast Network, so if you want other podcasts for the other era of our shows, as well as Black Lightning, Krypton, Titans, iZombie, classic DCTV shows, and I think we just added Swamp Thing and Stargirl um, for the DC Universe, you can visit dctvpodcast.com and follow the network on social media at DCTV Podcasts on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and be sure to subscribe to our mega feed on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, and Google Play. DCTV Podcast has a Tee Public store with amazing DCTV-related merchandise, including Batwoman. So click the link in the show notes to get some awesome swag when you do it. You'll help support the whole network with podcasting fees and allow us to bring you even more content. For thoughts, questions, and comments, you can email us at batwomanpodcast at gmail.com. Also feel free to uh, tweet us any thoughts um, you have about the show or about our episodes, anything you'd like us to know. All right, that's it. See you guys soon. Bye. Bye.